This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. These days in the middle of the COVID pandemic, all of us use online retailers like Amazon literally every second day of our lives. We seek great deals online and then buy phones, laptops, appliances, kurtas, handicrafts. I even buy my coffee beans online on Amazon. We read books on Kindle, which is an Amazon product, watch Mirzapur or Patal Lok on its streaming platform Prime Video. Some of us have started to pay our utility bills as well on Amazon Pay, while others rely on Amazon's smart virtual technology assistant Alexa to remind them of the due date. Clearly, players like Amazon have become a part of our lives, at least for me it has. What about you? That's dangerous, says Panchajanya, a weekly Hindi mouthpiece affiliated to the Rashtriya Swayamsevak Sangh or the RSS. Last week, it put Jeff Bezos, Amazon's chairman, on its cover, compared the technology giant's marauding, unethical ways with that of a 17th century British monopolist and plunderer, the East India Company. RSS-linked weekly Panchajanya has hit out at e-commerce major Amazon, terming it East India Company 2.0. It also alleged that the firm paid crores of bribes for favorable government policies. Coming up in the episode, Amazon is under attack in India from government ministers like Piyush Goyal. Our e-commerce e-commerce to various investigative agencies like Enforcement Directorate, from the Competition Commission to even the Supreme Court of India. Coming in, the Supreme Court has declined to halt antitrust probe against Amazon and Flipkart. This probe is being done by India's antitrust watchdog into allegations of anti-competitive behavior at Amazon and Flipkart and the intensifying scrutiny of big tech firms. It's been a relentless siege. From allegations of preferential treatment to select sellers to supposed violation of FDI norms. Amazon seems to have rubbed traders' associations, NGOs, RSS, sections of the media and even sharp-elbowed rivals like Reliance and Future Group and many more the wrong way. In some cases, the attacks on them are direct and fierce, but in many, they are mischievous, malicious and malefied. It's Tuesday, 5th of October, from the Economic Times, I'm Arjit Barman. This is the Morning Brief. Panchajanya claims Amazon is hijacking the economic freedom of small Indian traders and Kirana shops, attempting to hijack policies and politics, and degrading Hindu culture and promoting Western values and Christianity through the Prime OTT platform. This is the first time that they've talked about a core 
economy issue. Digital commerce has been an important pet issue of the RSS. If you look at all of uh, Mohan Bhagwat's speeches in the recent past, he has talked about Swadeshi and Swalamban. He has made it a point to talk about self-reliance, even in his Vijayadashmi um, sessions, which are really important for all RSS workers. It was the first time that the Panchajanya wrote about it, but this is almost probably the 11th or 12th time that the Swadeshi Jagran Manch has attacked Amazon. And this time, apart from the cover story, you also have a story by Ashwini Mahajan, who's the convener of uh, Swadeshi Jagran Manch. In 2019, they have already passed a national resolution saying that the country needs to have a policy that is friendly to the to 13 crore people engaged in retail. And their pet words are, you know, discriminatory pricing and discounting. That's Vasudha Venugopal, my colleague who tracks the RSS and BJP very closely for ET. Just a fortnight before the Amazon cover story, the same Panchajanya targeted Narayanamurti, a co-founder of software firm Infosys, for botching up India's tax e-filing portal that Infosys was supposed to develop as an IT services vendor and leveled unsubstantiated acquisition that it is destabilizing the Indian economy. Charges so outlandish that even the cabinet ministers and sections of RSS had to distance themselves from the article, as did a handful of the biggest supporters of the government from corporate India, like Mohandas Pai, also a fellow Infosian. The RSS-linked weekly Punch Janya has launched a scathing attack on the software company Infosys by calling it anti-national. The weekly accused the firm of hurting India's economic interests. I have not been hurt as much as I have been angry at this stupidity and to have this stupid article by demented minds to say that the Infosys anti-national fomenting society, you know, fomenting things in society and all kind of rubbish is uh, unbelievable that anybody can make such silly statements. However unbelievable it may seem, on the surface, several saw shadows of a hidden agenda. Infosys was only a diversion, they said, in private. The real motive was to destabilize Murthy's association with Amazon. For starters, Murthy currently has no executive role in the company, but is just a large shareholder of Infosys. But through his family office, he owns three quarters of Cloudtail, the largest seller of goods made by others on Amazon's India website, with Amazon owning the rest. And this business partnership had also pulled in Murthy's son-in-law, Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor of the UK's Exchequer, even before the Panchajanya piece dragging him in an alleged 55 crore ongoing tax dispute that Cloudtail has been dealing with the local tax authorities in India since 2018. That particular article got very interesting because as soon as it happened, Sunil Ambekar, who is supposed to be talking to the press from the RSS side, gave a quote that we are not involved in this at all and this is supposed to be connected to us. And then just the next day, uh, Manmohan Bedia, who's considered very close to the RSS chief Mohan Bhagwat, he went to inaugurate the new office of Panchajanya and he said that this is a dharm youth and we stand by what the Panchajanya has written. So it got very intriguing. And it was not the RSS versus RSS. The RSS has always been consistent about its position against MNCs. Swadeshi Jagran Manch has also talked about um, Infosys's association with Amazon. And they say that is also one reason why 
and the company needs to be checked more than that if you remember in 2019 um, infosys foundation lost its fcra license from the home ministry because the sang parivar when it tries to attack people it it does not separate companies from the activities of its promoters or charitable foundations even though murthy himself did not comment on the subject and amazon decided not to participate in this podcast the damage was done murthy had to cut himself loose. Amazon has decided to discontinue its partnership in the Rainamurthy owned Catamaran Ventures. The Prion Business Services JV was formalized between the two companies in 2014 and owns Cloudtail, one of the largest sellers of Amazon India. This, according to most industry players, has been a body blow. Why? Cloudtail is one of the largest sellers on Amazon India and accounts for more than 15% of the e-commerce marketplace's total transactions, clocking 20,000 crores in sales in the fiscal year that ended March 31st, 2021. The future of Apario Retail, Amazon's other big seller and a joint venture with Ashok Patni's family, is also under negotiation and its future equally uncertain. Incidentally, the Patti family also made their fortunes selling IT software. Now let's understand from my colleague Rasul Bailey, who covers retail, why these JVs are so important for Amazon. Amazon operates a model called so-called hybrid model in the US, which is like uh, partially it's uh, inventory-led. They uh, own and stock and sell their own products, uh, multi-brand products. And partially, they lend it to other independent independent sellers. You know, they wanted to replicate that model in India, but Indian laws barred uh, foreign-funded e-commerce uh, marketplaces from selling and stocking their own products. So Amazon had to come up uh, come up with this uh, new uh, strategy of having a joint venture, which is controlled by Indians. Otherwise, uh, just being a marketplace and, and uh, uh, taking uh, commissions from, from companies is not a sexy business. It's not going to take you very far because the actual business in India is actually retailing to the end consumers. They found a way out in the shape of uh, Cloudtail. At one point of time, Cloudtail uh, would uh, constitute almost uh, 80% of the total business on Amazon.in. You know, even after uh, India amended the FDI policy for e-commerce uh, marketplaces in 2018, which uh, said we were going to restrict uh, any single vendor on a, any platform to 25% of the total business, obviously both uh, Apario and, uh, and Cloudtel had to reduce their business significantly. Even after that, both of them control uh, more than 35% of the business on the platform. The latest Panchajanya piece also could not have come at a worse time for Amazon. Just last week, days before the piece came out, Morning Context, a news site, reported that Amazon is probing a whistleblower complaint which alleged monies paid by the retailer have been funneled into bribes by one or more of its legal representatives in India. Amazon declined to confirm to the specific allegations mentioned in the story or the status of any investigation, but clarified it had zero tolerance for graft and that concerned official was sent on leave until further notice, indirectly, therefore confirming the development. 
Amazon has launched a probe after a whistleblower claimed bribes were paid to government officials in India. This according to a report by the Morning Context. In response, Amazon has said it has zero tolerance for corruption and it will investigate them fully. But Amazon did not comment. Even then, what followed was malevolent to say the least. Sections of the media quoting unnamed government sources jumped at the opportunity and started reporting that from 2018 to 2020, that is over a two-year period, various Amazon entities had 1.2 billion or 8,500 crores spent as legal fees. Immediately, industry groups like the Confederation of All India Traders or CAIT which has relentlessly accused Amazon of hurting small sellers, latched onto the bandwagon and shot off a letter to the Commerce Minister Piyush Goyal that such large firms are being sanctioned so that they can be spent, and I quote, to manipulate Indian government officials, unquote. Everybody latched on the political parties, the media, everyone, as you mentioned. We did a story uh, saying that... Uh, uh, Amazon had written to Piyush Goyal, the minister, uh, saying that it was uh, only 52 crore and it was an 8,500 crore, which was wrongly attributed to Amazon, which was uh, some other companies. So 52 crore is something like, you know, which is which is a logical, it could be a logical figure, like, you know, uh, they spent. Amazon issued a strong rebuttal, claiming this was misleading representation. In fact, Amazon Seller Services Private Limited, which is its principal marketplace in India, paid only a fraction, just 52 crores on lawyers in 2019. In all, it incurred almost 2,000 crore on account of legal and professional services, which includes everything from accounting and customer research to merchant onboarding costs and logistic services. Turned out, the media mischievously added the payments of one Amazon India Limited, a 26-year-old company that belonged to a Delhi-based realtor and had nothing to do with retailing altogether. I think malicious is the right word. Probably the intent is to try and discredit Amazon and not just Amazon but also other foreign market-based players. The intention behind this kind of a move is probably to vacate the e-commerce based space, which is a huge business space which is available, but expertise is not their asset in the country and the foreign uh, market based players have utilized it. You know, Amazon has been a major player in the last few years, in the last seven years, it has made a huge stride in the uh, market. So yes, it is a point which is surely indicating that it is a malicious and once the competition is going to be eroded, what is going to happen is the next uh, step of a uh, thing that would come onto our mind. We have already have an example in the telecom industry, which also had the same kind of happening uh, just in a decade space. And that is the real intent over here to upset the apple cart, which is happening to create an imbalance so that some kind of fluctuation will happen. That's K. Giri, the Director General of Empower India, a Delhi-based think tank. Both Reliance and Amazon is caught up in a long-drawn legal battle to acquire Future Group. Reliance, the largest offline retailer in the country and led by India's richest billionaire Mukesh Ambani, is now directly pitted against Bezos, 
to dominate the online grocery and e-commerce business with the launch of Chiomart just this summer. Reliance's app crossed 1 million downloads in a span of just one week in May. So, literally, it's game on. Amazon Great Indian Festival इस त्योहार की शॉपिंग घर से ही होगी नई वॉशिंग मशीन घर आएगी त्योहार की लाइट्स घर पे आएंगी सब घर ही तो आएगा जब घर घर खुलेंगे खुशियों के डिब्बे Amazon Great Indian Festival घर बैठे करोड़ों प्रोडक्ट्स की डिलीवरी और बी ऑन डिलीवरी की सुविधा Amazon Great Indian Festival एंड वाई इज Amazon बीइंग कॉल्ड ऑन द कार्पेट दिस टाइम ऑफ द ईयर Any offensive before the festive season is bound to put players like Amazon in the back foot. So it came especially at a time when they were going for uh, for the big billion day and Amazon India Great India sales. So now when we spoke to uh, sources and vendors and all the they they have been instructed to uh, tone down. Remember, like uh, some years like you know uh, ago. when there were screaming headlines 70% 90% discounts and all those and now oh, they have, they are not harping much on the discount part but like you know even we get press releases from amazon and uh, flipkart their uh, narration has uh, completely changed now they are focusing we are helping smes we are helping uh, small vendors we are enrolling this many uh, kirana stores on our platform this is all about empowering this is uh, all about creating digital india and like you know helping small businesses so the narration has like you know has changed over the over the months to be honest in the last 8 years that it's been around in india amazon has actually braved many such attempts to scupper its expansion plans for example let's rewind to the end of 2019 a union of small traders and shop owners called delhi vyapar mahasang approached the competition commission seeking a probe against online marketplaces including amazon bodies like cait joined the bogi writing to various arms of the government to look into the complex corporate structures of these companies that they claimed were choking competition It is a known fact that uh, Amazon, Flipkart, and similar other companies are uh, blatantly violating uh, the FDI policy to uh, 2016, which was later amended in 2018. So, for for a uh, even level playing field, there has to be a, a, a even uh, policies also, which needs to be followed uh, both in letter and spirit. by the by the companies uh, who are spearheading in uh, e-commerce in india uh, we have seen that uh, these amazon and flipkart are violating uh, the basic fundamentals of prestone number 2 uh, including predatory pricing deep discounting loss funding controlling inventory and preferential sellers uh, which is totally prohibited under prestone number 2 a formal probe was launched in the year 2020 around the same time jeff bezos amazon's chairman flew down to india but was snubbed by the prime minister no less who chose not to meet him despite bezos announcement of a billion dollar investment to create 10 million jobs in india in fact none other than the commerce minister publicly sent out a tough message to amazon 
they may have put in a billion dollars but then if they make a loss of a billion dollars every year then the jolly will have to finance that billion dollars so it's not as if they're doing a great favor to india when they invest a billion dollars some felt this was india hitting out at bezos personally the washington post has been squarely against india's Kashmir policy they raised questions on our democracy amazon of course owns the washington post so these remarks uh, by the bjp and its leaders come at an interesting time well make no mistake it's very clearly political against jeff bezos at a time when as you rightly said india is looking for foreign investment that's not how you treat uh, one of the most influential businessmen in the world jeff bezos when he's in your country your prime minister is not meeting them the commerce minister uh instead of being silent about this is making a huge noise while others saw sheer political opportunism or pandering to an influential and resourceful bjp vote bank let's ask my colleague vasudha about the political motivation if any behind all this the ideological dimension in both the articles is also very important because in both the one against infosys and the one against amazon they've talked about uh, national interest and uh, the company is being funded by you know or or pandering to anti national interest so that ideological thing is very important the baniya vote yes of course they're just 2.36 a uh, percent of the um, indian population but the baniya voter base is more than just a voter base for the bjp because you know they are socially uh, culturally so much in line with the sang parivar's um, understanding of what what hindutva is or uh, what india is baniyas even this you know middle class baniyas they are also really powerful in terms of social ethos in a neighborhood and they have been with the bjp for a long time and uh, they have so many associations which are also associated with the rss um they are not people who are trying to revolt against the government this is even in up if you uh, talk to the bjp guys about the baniya vote they'll say that hum we don't you know we are not very forthcoming in sort of uh, appeasing them because wo to hamare saathi hain we don't want to alienate the other castes because the obc is the uh, new destination for the bjp but the baniyas are people who employ others so they are very powerful and they are already with us so we want them with us so that i think is also uh, one of the political undertones of uh, the sang parivar's uh, you know attack against um, you know this big e-commerce giants like amazon As you can make out by now the list of what e-commerce platforms especially the foreign ones aren't allowed to do in India has been growing for some time now the CCI matter also has gone all the way up to the supreme court but in june came yet another googly in the form of draft guidelines for e-commerce Now, online retailers, including representatives from Amazon and uh, Tata, met government officials to raise concerns about the tough new rules of e-commerce announced last month, that were seen as a major blow for their business models. The wide-ranging scope, going way beyond vanilla e-commerce, even targeting consumers' pocket-friendly initiatives like discounts, flash sales, country of origin, cancellation charges, data sharing. or definitions of related party transactions have not only spooked the industry but even some of the cabinet colleagues of Mr Piyush Goyal the man responsible for issuing them in the first place 
The new rules aimed at tightening screws on e-commerce in India could come a cropper. A report by news agency Reuters suggests that several ministries have spoken out against the proposed rules, with even the finance ministry describing them as excessive and without economic rationale. The fact that the uh, uh, MC has done it is a big mistake. It is a mistake which is not going to you know, affect the, just the foreign market-based player. It is going to affect the Indian companies also in the same way. So it is a tactical mistake, vision mistake. The end sufferer is going to be the consumer. Two, three things. Uh, two of them, uh, the, minist uh, the ministry has already been clarified. First is uh, selling of, of, of private brands. You know that the, initially they said you cannot sell private brands on this uh, foreign-funded marketplaces, which they later clarified. And the second thing was uh, was uh, on the issue of flash sales. Uh, they, even that was also clarified, like you know, saying that okay, like you know, there, uh, there's still uh, some clarification needed. But the biggest uh, issue uh, e-commerce companies uh, had was on the related party clause, which said, like you know, if any any entity which owns uh, which the marketplace owner owns uh, even five percent in that entity, that entity is, cannot uh, do business with the marketplace. Uh, it's it's sort of like uh, runs contrary to the to the press note two, which clearly says marketplace operators can provide logistics, uh, warehousing, call centers, uh, payment solutions, and all those all those businesses, all those uh, offerings. In the middle of all this rhetoric, the war of words and grandstanding, it's important to figure out where do the small and medium Indian manufacturer, the backbone of Indian manufacturing and craftsmanship, stand. Companies like Amazon claim it has enabled the smallest of the SME vendors to connect to the whole world, exporting close to $3 billion worth of goods from here from 70,000 plus players nationwide. Really? Let's hear it from Vinod Kumar, the president of India SME Forum. India SME Forum primarily is an organization um, of small and medium entrepreneurs and we were formed in May 2011 and that's how we grew from that uh, small uh, piddly number of 200 uh, entrepreneurs to now we are 90,000 uh, from across the country with 19 chapters so we have chapters uh, in all the industrialized states across the country. Kumar says Online commerce has benefited his members by opening access to new markets as well as new technologies. What we also believe is every marketplace is a classroom for an entrepreneur. For example, you go on to a, a marketplace, you list your products and then you go on and figure out exactly what is your competition doing? What is the sort of quality that it, does he have? What is the packaging he's, he or she is using? What is the brand and what is the brand recall? What sort of reviews are people talking about? What uh, are exactly people talking about when it comes to which products they like, which they don't like? What is it that they like? What is it that they hate? During COVID, especially when everything was shut and the economy came to a standstill, several small, medium-scale industries relied extensively on e-commerce platforms for their sustenance. During COVID, we have um, had situations where women, for example, we had a large group of women which said that we need to get digitally enabled because we are unable to sell from our shops right wherever we are. So we started with 
uh, getting these people um, websites. We help them uh, engage uh, uh, their audiences on social uh, media platforms. And thereafter, we had more than 600 people uh, get on to various uh, international websites too, apart from the marketplaces like Flipkart, Mintra, Nika, uh, Amazon, and so on and so forth. We have a, a woman, uh, she is basically from Surat. She was uh, having a boutique sort of a thing. When she came to us and said, look, I don't have anybody. I, I, I am divorced. I don't know what to do. Um, and I need to generate money because I'm not able to pay my rent for the shop. I, I you know, you guys need to help me. So what we did was um, exactly what I, what I talked about. We helped her open a website. We helped her get online on social media. We helped her create customers. And all of a sudden, you know, we also helped her uh, uh, get onto Amazon.co.uk. And she figured that she had a lot of Gujarati customers which saw her product on Amazon.co.uk, came back to her and said that, you know, can we buy directly? Can we get, can we get something cheaper than what you are selling on uh, Amazon.co.uk? So much so that today she has 1,200 customers from the UK only. The list is long and wide and the examples vary. We have a SHG group that works with the women uh, and women artisans. You know, we all know that uh, Kashmir, you have a lot of um, shawls and all that, you know, embroidered with various crivel and then there is kani, kani work and so on and so forth. And we had all these people saying, you know, our uh, traders who used to come to us and buy from us are no longer coming. So what do we do? So we put this group of women online. You know, there's one of these, uh, I think Amazon most probably has a, um, a Saheli program wherein, you know, it's just women uh, and they also have another program which is only for artisans. So on both these places, we put it, two things have happened here. Not only were they able to sell directly to customers, but they've also been able to better their yield because earlier what they were able to make, which was uh, somewhere around 1200, 1400 rupees uh, a shawl at max, you know, starting from 400 to 800 rupees. And today, their, uh, you know, saving from each shawl is 3000 rupees. Now, let's be clear. Amazon has to investigate the whistleblower complaint. Based on the findings, the US Securities and Exchange Commissions, or SEC, which enforces the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, or FCPA, jointly with the US Department of Justice, will have to determine if any law was broken. But unfortunately, several have already found them guilty. That has to stop. The world's second richest man is getting an almost daily reminder of how tough it is or it will be to win in the second most populous nation, that's India. Safeguarding the interest of consumers or mom-and-pop stores is how the curbs are marketed to the general public, though in reality, they are about eventually putting India behind something resembling China's great firewall. Local tycoons would dominate the market and while foreign players won't be completely shunned, they may only be able to join the party as junior players, supplying technology and capital. But remember, no monopoly or duopoly is good for consumers, be it a foreign or local. It's not the deep-pocketed US e-commerce giants that have devastated the neighborhood Indian retailer, but it's COVID-19. For small shopkeepers to climb out of the hole they have slipped into because of loss of revenue, they need partners 
who will help them go digital. Arbitrary rulemaking gets in the way. Protectionism gets one nowhere. I'm Orijit Barman and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. Thank you Vasudha, Mr. Giri, Mr. Kumar and Russell. Deeply appreciated. This episode was edited and coordinated by Nehal Chalyawala, produced by Swati Joshi and Saundarya Jayachandran was the sound editor. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at the morning brief at thetimesgroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share on your social media handles. We'll really appreciate it. The morning brief drops every Tuesday, Thursdays and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a nice day. Goodbye and good luck. All edited sound clips used in this episode belongs to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.